Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast for Black Women Connects Vancouver. Girl, you know it. So I'm the founder of Black Women Connects Vancouver, which started in 2017. And Black Women Connects Vancouver is a collective of women who come to inspire, empower, and leverage our strengths and embrace our diverse experiences. It is a community where we can build meaningful relationships and celebrate the beauty of our Black womanhood. I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome to another episode of Girl You Know It. We are your hosts, El Palesa and Natasia. Uh, we are on episode six of season two. Can you believe we have come this far? Like, it's very exciting. All the topics that we've addressed, all the topics that we're planning to talk about. Um, the last couple episodes, we talked about International Women's Day. And uh, last episode, we talked about uh, feminism and womanism and this week we're going to be talking we're going to focus we're going to laser in we're going to talk about black women and our high functioning ways and what that looks like and we've touched on it a couple times in past episodes even in past you know events like the mental health and wellness event that uh, was put on a couple years ago dang a couple years ago but I think it warrants its own episode and I think there's no better time to talk about it at this point where we're all hustling I feel like we all have like 300 billion side hustles and it's like for why and for what and for whom and like we enjoy it but also hmm boundaries and self-care so uh yeah let's talk about it I just want to pose a I want to pose a question tell me you're a high-functioning Black woman without saying you're a high-functioning Black woman. I'll go first. I forgot that we were recording today. <laughs> there were so many things going on and I got a text from Felosa being like, I'm so excited to record. I'm like, oh snap, too many things, too many things going on. So that's mine. I'll go second. I have reconfigured my brain to think that doing one of my other projects is actually my downtime and my fun time and that I enjoy doing this project more than the others because this one I get to be creative and use you know that fire yeah <laughs> but it's a lie <laughs> oh man Natasia mine Oh, let me bring my laptop because in case I want to watch movies and stuff on my vacation. Yes, that's you. Yes, 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 yes. Right? <laughs> but no, I'm just secretly bringing it to check on stuff. Right? I have another like, one. I have another one. Um, I'm going to go to the library and buy all of these books on trauma because I'm trying to read for fun. <laughs> like, always hustling we're always hustling even during our quote-unquote downtime and I think it's fed into or informed by this whole you know black women holding it down narrative you know strong black women black girl magic which to a certain extent I think is a really grand thing it's a really great thing to explicitly say the magic that we um 
permeate into the world, but sometimes it's a little, it, it can infringe on harmful because we put ourselves in situations where we feel like we have to like always achieve and failure is not an option. And because we put ourselves in these high functioning, high stressful situations, the, the vicious cycle and the coping mechanisms may not be the best for us. So my question to you or to all of us is, where are you right now on a scale of one to 10 in this, you know, black woman, high functioning and, and why? Where, where, what, what are your side hustles? I should, I should be asking. You can be as, you can be as discreet. You can be as like, you can be as like, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm cute. I'm gonna keep a cute, but I'm gonna tell okay. you that I'm holding it down like five different places. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think actually I'm kind of changing mine. Um, I am, I'd say on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably at like a five. Um, I'm still doing all of the projects that I was doing and all of the things that I want to do, but I think I'm spending a little bit less time trying to promote it or to talk about it um, and more time actually just doing it and focusing in on like the core projects and stuff like that. It does mean that you're going to not see me on in some places for a while. Um, and that for me is kind of like how I'm maybe once again, lying to myself and being like, no, for not, I'm here. We can just dive into this and drown in here. We don't have to drown on the internet, whatever. I'm drowning oh. outside of the internet. That's where I am. That's how you, you started to count. You were like doing this with your fingers. I was like, I girl, you're like, gonna hold your second hand. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I would probably say I'm also at a five. I would say like there's just days where I can just manage it well. And then there's days where I'm just not. So I think I would say I'm a five because I can halfway get there, but then I can halfway fall back. Mm. Mm. I think I think I'm like a five or a six. I, I, I also think women in general and, you know, between a certain extent, more black women tend to uh be that dog in the fire, in the room of fire and be like, this is fine. Like, this is fine. Like, no big deal. Like add the fire, like no problem. And I found that like this past couple of months, actually the last year where, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, pandemic. I'm gonna have so much downtime. It's like, I feel like I've added to my workload so much. And I'm trying to find this balance between like achieving and protecting. And, you know, being productive and also finding things that are generative. Plus, like you said, yeah, I'm going to go to the library and, like, read some books. But, like, specifically about, like, you know, how to, like, it, like, make myself better and, like, work on my trauma. And that, like, is cool and all, but it's not downtime, you know? Um, and I think that there's something to be said about us having to work towards downtime and, like, reprogram our brain. And like, I don't know, like, how do you think that that can be done in a way that's helpful and like doesn't allow us to go like hide in a hole in fetal position and be like, it's too much. The world is too much. I don't know how to go on. <laughs> like, I don't, like, isn't this the conversation? <laughs> this is my counseling session. <laughs> 
was like, I have been, like, when I was going to counseling, I was working through this. I was working through like, why is it that like, I can't feel comfortable just be like being okay with doing joyful things for the sake of just joy and not doing things to like be productive. And I had a really good conversation with my sister about this. I was like, I just, I'm not like, I was talking about working out and how I used to love working out. And now it feels punitive. It feels like I'm punishing my body, trying to like get it back into the way that it used to like feel and look like. And so like when I try to go work out, it doesn't feel good. And she's like, that's not like generative. I'm like, what's the difference? And she's like, well, generative, you're doing stuff just for joy. Like you're doing stuff to like love yourself and like to add value just for the sake of adding value, right? So that like, I don't know, like I, I feel like as a, a generation of black women, you know, social media is here. We want to show that we're doing all the things, but like, you know, when it's too much, when like, information overload how do we take a step back and like go okay no I need to say no like how how do we learn to say no it's kind of a redirection of that question oh hey I don't know when you figure it out please call me because I'd like to be in that no train too I'm just kidding um I think that for me a good way that I've had to practice um saying no is to practice it with myself is to be able to state my own boundaries with myself and to say like okay well you know for me productivity in this day and age now right now that I'm 29 um in this day and age um you know looks very very different than a when I was working uh working in corporate and then also b when I was in school right I think that the institutions and the programming that we've gone through makes us want to do this productive thing and it's almost this like repeat repeat um uh, what is it called um uh, like we learn to memorize and then we just regurgitated back out I think we're so used to being in this autopilot mode that we don't know how to break out of it right and how to break out of it where we don't have to be keeping score of breaking out of it either right because everything else that we do you have reports how many reports have you submitted how many events have we had how many podcast episodes are we on right like we enjoy doing the podcast but it's also tallied at some point whereas generative activities, that was the word, right? Um, whereas generative uh, activities, you don't have to tally them, but it's so, it's so like for me personally, it was weird to not, to not have to keep track of the downtime. I think that's why it's so hard for me because I'm so programmed to keep track of everything. I even now have downtime in my calendar, right? So I'm making space for it. And it's kind of like, how do I negotiate that space between, you know, I want to make time for myself, but I also want to stop thinking of time as something that I have to make and curate and as something that is just there, um, you know, and that can kind of go back and forth. So I don't know, I'm still figuring it out, but that's, that's what I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, it's the opposite. I have a very clear boundaries on uh, like with people, but with myself, I don't really have good boundaries. So I think that that's something I'm trying to figure out is saying no to myself. And I remember doing like a session one time and my counselor was like, you keep adding like should in your sentences. Like I should be able to do this. I should be doing this. Well, this is what I should do. And she's like, you have to remove that from your vocabulary because that is 
what makes us not have boundaries with ourselves because we have this expectation for ourselves to be something that we have an expectation for not what others have and so for me that's my problem it's like I have high expectations for myself and so if I don't reach it or I feel like I'm failing in it that's when I can like beat myself up or um or have to like do twice as hard or just do more just to make myself feel better so that I accomplish something but it's actually like we talked about like very destructive wow that should thing that should word it's really it's harmful it can be harmful when it's like we have good intentions and we have you know good vision for our future but I think if we're so tunnel vision towards it and don't take like a beat to go how am I gonna sustainably get there and we keep adding should 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 and it's just like we keep just like I'm imagining like a grouse grind where like you can't really see the top but you know it's there and you just keep taking steps right you just keep taking steps and you're like but in the back of your head, you're like, maybe, maybe it'd be nice to just take, like, take a little break, like right by the side right here. But you're just like, I just need to keep going to get there. And then you put that pressure and then some, some jackers over here is like sprinting up some white male guy, you know, just flying up the grass ground. You're like, well, I should be better than him. I started before him and you're just, you know, still going. So I don't know. I think that's a good point to like take or like to be very, uh, kind and compassionate with the words that we like internally use on the goals that we make well that's a word I definitely think that compassion during goal setting is really important um, and I, I I love that you brought up the word should and could because the way that it showed up for me is like I say those things when I am trying to avoid taking accountability for making that decision or not making the decision right because even in not making the decision you're deciding so when you say you know I should do this it's like you know you should do it but you're not deciding to do it so that if you fail at doing it you don't have to say oh I had made that decision and now this is the result or even I should do this so you're like you know I can't do this it's possible to do this I could achieve it but I don't want to achieve that success because I know what it comes with right it might come with more work it might come with more reasons to self-sabotage or whatever the case might be so even that kind of language uh you know makes you opt out of making that decision but then carries with it all of the shame and the guilt and all of this constant assessment and overthinking like I should do this I should do that but also I could have done that I could have done this and it's like just take those words out and use can can't did or didn't because it is indeed a fact that one or the other thing happened you can't be in that gray middle zone all the time and that's where frustration comes from at least for me specifically oh this is a whole counseling thing okay I'm excited okay so I'm touching on that like could could should can will do whatever because I sit in it and I always go I should and like that fills me with like shame because when I say I should I have used it in like I haven't done enough to like reach that goal I need to push myself far beyond my known limits and capacity and keep going until I halfway reach it or something like it's this weird shame spiral that I I now I'm like realizing right now being like, oh, like I'm project managing this. I should have done that. And it's like the minute I think that I feel a weight of like guilt and shame on that being like, I didn't achieve it. I'm feeling as a leader. I think it also feeds into 
imposter syndrome, right? Like we're trying to, as black women compete, I hate that word, not compete, sorry, but like we are unfortunately measured and, and compared to our, our counterparts, you know, white women and white males and certain things that we do may come across as negative and certain things that they do may come across as positive. So it's like, we want to be in this rat race of like achieving and going forward, but also like that's to our detriment as well because they're putting in half the work and half the energy and nothing, like they like nothing happens. They're getting all the accolades and it's like, y'all, you just stole my idea. Like I, I, I worked so hard on that and you took it and cool. Um, but I, I, I think I have to reprogram again, the way that I deal with it, but that's, that's not for you to help me. I mean, it is, you're my friends, but also that's for a paid therapist to help me with as well. Yeah, 100%. Do that, please. Get paid therapists to help you. Don't rely on your friends to come and unravel your things because they can unravel it. But who says they can help you put it back together, right? Or, you know, even vice versa, they might not be able to unravel it, but they can help you kind of stitch it back together. But you do got to not rely on them because they're people too, right? And those other folks are uh, professionals they've studied it they're choosing and they're willing and I think it's also a concept of consent like therapists and counselors are consenting to you telling them all of your truths and all of your whatever is happening right whereas even in our friendships maybe we might even breach um, that level of consent like oh now I'm gonna tell you this whole thing right we don't we don't we don't at least for me, I'm noticing that I still need to negotiate even in my really good, deep friendships. Like, you know, if something does happen or, you know, I'm going through something, I can't always just be like, oh yeah, I have friends that I have really deep conversations with. So, bleh, right. It's like, it's like, no, you still have to negotiate what you, um, who and what you're leaning on. Um, as being high achieving women, I have a question to pose. Um, how do you take care of yourself? Because I think we wanted to talk about self-care in the beginning of the year in one of the episodes. And I think it's always so good now, at least because I know you personally and I know that you're going through the most, it's a lot. How are you uh, taking care of yourselves? How are you practicing self-care? If you are, even if it's just by intention, how are you folks doing it? Mm. Oof. I have a paint by numbers that I do one minute or five minutes a week and that's it. Like I, my goal was to go, okay, I'm going to like relax. I'm going to put on some good music and I'm going to finish this paint by numbers. It's going to be grand. I'm going to gift it. It's, it's hanging right here and it's shaming me and it's looking at me. So I try, I try, but mm. That's all. I mean, that's it. Like, that's, that's the thing. I bought a book from Balesa and Balesa like, how do you read it? I'm like, I want to. I definitely want to. And I just have not had the time because I'm just so tired after I'm looking at the screen for like hours upon hours upon hours. And my mind goes between like four different like jobs or projects, you know? Sure. This episode is really for you, Al. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought I was bad. I'm like, she literally has nothing to name. <laughs> Just a thing she actually hasn't done. <laughs> Two things. Two things. What? Well, just dragged. Just completely dragged. By your cuticles. By my cuticles is dragged. 
Which I said, spread, spread a little pussy magic on Elle. How do you take care of yourself? Um, for me, it was kind of similar to Elle where you're like trying to figure it out. But for me, it's just whatever I actually feel like is taking care of myself. So whether it be having a conversation with the right person or just walking into silence and just having a time like to decompress like after work and just because everything is so mental what we do so our brain gets tired or our mental capabilities get tired so I've noticed that like I need the, the silence and the quiet to kind of like recalibrate myself otherwise if I just continue to keep going my mind will just keep going and then in that moment I just explode so and that's something that I've been practicing a lot and um just like reflecting a lot more on kind of like things that I'm grateful for because when you are high functioning you kind of lose track of all the like the little wins in your life or the things you should be celebrating or just acknowledging yourself in those situations and I just don't do that and so I think that that for me has been something that I've learned to do and that has helped me so like a time of just like reflecting is helpful for me nice have you done some reflecting, Al, of things that you're grateful for? Okay, so coming back, okay, so I do, so I should say that like, apparently I do more self-care than I, than I call it, again, trying to like be more explicit in naming that what I actually am doing is self-care, but if it's, I have to reprogram, if it's not productive, then it's not self-care, if it's not generative, then it's not self-care. I do have times where I sit in silence and I reflect on my life and I do that <laughs> and I, I I go for lots of walks too I love walking it's something that really helps me just to like stop thinking like put on like either an audiobook or a podcast or music and just like let my mind wander and that's helpful yeah. so yeah I think that that's that's a, a bit of self-care that I do that I know that I could be doing more as opposed to just being like, I'm tired. I'm going to binge watch Netflix. And like, that's, that's turning my brain off, but not in the way that I I'm, could be more generative in like the way that I'm resting. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Because I think both of you said something really interesting. Natasia, you said like, you know, you get um, fatigue from having to have your brain switched on so much. I find that all of my self-care things kind of still involve using my brain on some capacity. Like I've never, I never really um, switch it off per se, right? Unless I'm like sleeping or whatever the case is. And I've noticed that removing things like, so I'm trying to not watch Netflix and I'm trying to not watch too much YouTube, just so that when I am having that downtime, I'm trying to do activities where I'm having conversations with myself and I'm really able to once again reflect, right? And so what that's looked like is like reading poetry books um, because of a special project that I want to work on. So like, you know, reading those to kind of, you know, influence me and give me that inspiration for that creativity, but they're still enjoyable and there's still something for uh, uh, um, um, le leisure, leisure. Mm -hmm. leisure. Um, and <laughs> uh, I've started taking baths again. Thank you for the gift that you got me and had the baths off. 
Okay. I found these uh, bath bombs under the bed. They are crusty and dusty, but it's soap. I don't think soap can get off. So I put it in the bathtub too, and it made it all pink. And I was just floating in there and I was chilling and I was watching like these educational videos about my culture and like my tribe and like, you know, kind of investigating different ways. So I think that for me, I'm still trying to not think again, like to tally it up, like when I'm learning about my culture, it's not so I can shoot a video about it and be like, hey, so this is what I've learned. I'm going to catch you up on all of this. That's specifically for me and for me to do a catch up for myself to feel like, you know, I'm truly investing in things that are just secret for me. I kind of feel like I'm having a little bit of like a secret society with myself. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, if y'all didn't know, Alasa had her birthday recently and she had the most wonderful week of celebrations. We love her. We gifted her with a box. Um, so happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Um, I know that we talked about this too, is sleep. So you have a, like a good bedtime, Alasa. Like you go to bed at a certain time. And I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people need to jump on the train because I, I, I feel like people take for granted how generative sleep can be. And like, I just go, oh, I'm gonna go to bed at 12.30. My body will naturally wake me up at like five. No big deal, I'm just gonna run on this amount of hours and that's not, like, that's fine. How did you work on like instilling that bedtime and like letting your body just like rest properly? Mm. That's a great question. I think it's because I, I wanted to start waking up earlier. I wanted to start using my mornings for like self-care and, you know, meditation and for journaling. And I noticed that my, my work body clocks, which is on at like 10 AM. And that's when I can like dive in and I have a lot of my meetings and my client calls after that. But before that, I've actually noticed that I have this alertness because I'm all, I always wake up at like 5 AM or I'll wake up and check the time and it's like 5.04 or 5.30. So there's something in me that wants to wake up so when I noticed that I was like okay cool I'll just shift my sleep cycle and it does mean that you know I'm missing out on messages maybe or I'm missing out on a call you know when I go to bed at at at, at nine o'clock or at ten o'clock but I have to be okay with sacrificing those things and catching up the next day for me or trying to move kind of those conversations before I go to bed but it's been really great to have that downtime of going to bed at nine now my body gets fatigued at like 9 30 10 so I have to <laughs> go to bed um but I don't know I think once again it was another experimentation I was trying to get more out of the day trying to be super productive you know go in like don't waste time trying to do the meditation at 10 because you gotta work try and push it earlier but it seemed to have worked out this time mm. Mm. wow I'm, I feel like I'm a night owl I'm like an early riser so that's not great Natasia what about you a night owl and a late riser so I don't know but I uh for me I sleep has always been an issue since I was a child so it's been something that's been really really hard for me to try to figure out and then it just got worse when you got to like university college um and then after that I just a disaster so I'm an incredibly light sleeper and um on top of that then like if things are going on then I'll have like insomnia and just like past like health issues have just made it even worse so I don't know I've tried everything like I'll take stuff to sleep and not really sleeping pills anymore or anything like that but like I'll take melatonin or anything that has like 
um, oils and stuff. So like, I find that that helps, but I try not to take it every day. So my body's dependent, but I find that that's the only way I can actually get like a full night's rest. Um, but then at the same time, I also suffer for it because I'm groggy because it's not a natural way of my body sleeping. So it's kind of something that I'm not sure. I think it's just always going to be a struggle. And then I just have to learn to manage it well. Um, so I try to like not schedule certain stuff early in the morning because I just know I'm mentally just not capable or I just won't be present. Like I'll be there, <laughs> but I won't be there mentally with you. Um, yeah. And I find like deep discussions with people, things like that. I like, usually I'm just like, can we talk about this like two hours or so when I'm fully awake? So stuff like that. Do you, is it okay if I give you a recommendation? You can try. Okay. I I want to I want to start to practice asking people for consent instead of just saying, "Oh, I have oh, an idea for you," right? Um so I was on one of the apps and there was a, a video that came up that was talking about, you know, helping folks with insomnia if they're having trouble sleeping and this uh, uh, person that was recording it takes bananas and she chops off like the little uh, bit, like, you know, the little hard bit of the banana at the top and then the tail end and then she keeps the skin on and she chops up the banana and she boils it for 10 minutes and then she mashes all of that up and she drinks that and she says that that's helped her sleep. Um, so that's something that you can, you can, you can drink it with uh, milk and like other sweeteners or whatever that you want. But uh, she said that it works. And I was like, oh, I guess I can recommend this to somebody if they're struggling with sleep. So I, I would do it, but I'm allergic to bananas. So I can't tell yeah, you. And I don't really like it. No. Mm -hmm. huh. Did but she heard like cherries too. Cherries do that. Did she say like, does it make her sleepy or does it make her stay asleep? I, I don't think she was specific in like where in the sleep situation it was affecting. She just said that if you're struggling to sleep, do this banana mix. So I would assume it's the maybe insomnia or the getting yourself to sleep. I don't know how much of a... Uh, it, uh, yeah I'm, I don't know I'm not really a sleep specialist so that's okay that's, that's a great fun. question yeah it was really interesting because I'm like that's it's so great that like there are natural remedies for certain things and we need to be you know looking to those as opposed to like you said Natasia putting something in our bodies that's not natural and then having to suffer the consequences for that um I'm gonna try that I'm gonna try that I'm allergic to bananas and I like bananas so um, thank you thank you so much for that you're welcome yeah please try it and then let let us know let the community know who knows all of y'all might be sleeping that's probably why I was so tired every time I was going to school eating five bananas in the morning oh, yeah. like overdose <laughs> oh my gosh you're so funny um <laughs> um Bring it back to like the high functioning. I, we're talking about self-care. I, I struggle with like being in, like in the bottom, like at, in the valley, like how, how have you found that like, if there is like a failure that you're facing head on, or there's like an obstacle and you're just feeling like in that field position, like moving forward and like getting yourself, picking yourself back up and getting yourself to do the work or do the activity that you need to do. Cause sometimes I feel like we talk about like, oh, we're doing so amazing. We're doing all the things, blah, blah, blah. But like, we don't actually talk about like 
the real shit like how people manage especially during the pandemic when it's been a lot of emotions it's been a lot of change it's been a lot of shifting and pivoting um for people who had like businesses and like they completely like fell apart and like people had dreams and like aspirations like how do we move forward in like a time of seemingly despair or how have you done that I'm trying to go deep. Y'all keep trying to be all goofy and, you know, lighten it up. I'm a, this is a deep episode. I didn't prep you all, but it is. This is a deep episode. Oh, how have I done that? I don't know. Liza, please go first. Let me think. Like, as if I have. I mean, I think for me, like, it goes back to boundaries. Like, I think for me, just making sure I'm not constantly bombarding myself with what's on the news or on social media, um, staying in my reality, right? I think that it's very easy when all these things are happening, everything's chaotic, whether it be personal or out in the world. I think it's easy to, to forget our reality. Like, what is actually our reality right now in this moment, in this time? Is it chaotic for myself, right? Not is it chaotic out there? And I think that learning to ground yourself in what your reality is right now is it makes more sense. And it's easier for people to do that and finally check and be like, wait, what is the reality of my everyday life? Um, so that's something that I've just been doing. So most times I'm like, oh, don't send me that kind of stuff. Or I'm like, let me just like block this person because they post the kind of stuff, like things like that just cause more anxiety. So for me, that's just usually it's like checking my reality of what's going on right now. Mm. I like that. I like that. And I think I do that too. I, I guess I've just haven't really called it that. Um, that's a really good one. Checking your reality. I think another way to move forward is to like, I was talking to a friend who's going to be on my, uh, um, on my show. Um, and I was talking to her and what did she say? She said something about this. Give me a second. She said, um, Oh, it is so good. There we go. Okay. So a good way to move forward is to not try to reconcile the past, right? Or the things that have happened in the past. Because a lot of the times when we are overthinking or ruminating or we think that we're, you know, heading towards this healing direction or moving forward, we're always trying to pick up the pieces from the past, right? We're always trying to say, well, you know, what really did happen, um, you know, trying to pick away at it and sometimes the people who are participating in there will never agree with you or will never give you that leeway or that permission to heal right so you have to give yourself the permission to say the past is the past I'm not going to reconcile with what happened but like Natasia said what is happening in this present moment right I feel like crap that's how I felt on Monday I was like you know last week was so great what is happening to me and then I started thinking oh my goodness is because I'm a little bit late on this project or is because I've been spending too much time doing this am I not doing this you know oh and then I start thinking like where am I not performing well how am I not achieving but in that moment I was sitting in the bathtub and I was trying to practice self-care and I was like you know that doesn't match what I'm doing right now what I'm doing right now is a soothing calming activity and so if I try to focus in on that um I was able to kind of stop overthinking but it's a process it's a process like all these things you have to keep practicing every single day I say it even to the folks that I work with like all the practices that we do in the coaching um or the training even in the events with uh Lisa that we're having today um is <clears throat> excuse me like a process of practicing right that that tw what is it the 20 what was that rule she told us about last time the 80 
Oh, yeah, something like that. Something like that, right? And so, you know, kind of those kinds of principles, right? To practice them. If we had practiced it and remembered it, now we would actually remember what it is, right? So you have to practice. It's really, really key to practice all of these self-care things. But yeah, that's how I move forward. I just try to not deal with the past in terms of like making sense of it or, you know, especially if it's not going to help me right now. And then um, also allowing experts to help me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good about like the not trying to reconcile the past I feel like as we're being more mindful and taking care of ourselves and doing some of the work some past like things will come up and you want to go and you want to try to explain it and you want to try and figure out was that my fault like how was I culpable how could I have done it differently so I could have avoided it coming up now and like my current relationships but I think I think that piece of trying not to explain it. I also think there's something to be said too about, um, I'm not like overstepping, but for me, I'm not a vulnerable person. Like I, I, I mean, I am now, I am more so now with like, let's say you two or my sisters, but I wasn't. And it was like learning to be vulnerable and knowing that, even sharing a little bit is helpful enough to like go, okay, I'm feeling in a pit, like I'm feeling like a pit of despair. How do I not bring someone down with me, but like maybe try and get to a little bit closer to their level and, and meet them there in their joy and their happiness and their contentment and see and, and shift my perspective um, while they are also self-caring for themselves and then caring for me. Um, I, I've, 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 it's taken me a long time to be like quite vulnerable. Um, so I think also being vulnerable in myself, because I'm, I'm, I'm okay with sharing, with people sharing with me. I'm always the listener. I'm the person who like, tell me your story. Like, and I think that's like my nurse thing come out. Like I can sit here with you for hours. Like, you, and they're like, okay, and tell me about you. I'm like, but let's talk more about you. Like, let's go back to you. And everybody's like, you know, like you're also human as well. Like you need to also connect with that piece of yourself. That's like, could be struggling or is struggling and like naming it and voicing it it removes it from that like loop in your head that you think oh it's not real like I'm making it up and like, no it's really you're valid in your emotions so I think that's that piece for me um yeah a hundred percent I feel like <clears throat> as much as you know in psychology they say Freud does blah 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 he was right right with the talking cure like talking is cathartic communicating things is cathartic and you know for some people it doesn't have to be that deep dive communication like tell you every morsel and it's juicy and it's dripping and you're hanging by a thread right sometimes it can even be the simplest of ways but you need to get that out of you same way as energy you gotta move that stuff out of you right same thing like bowel movements you have to move it out of you so our bodies do this thing of expelling stuff, but then we feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, but then we feel like we have throats and vocal cords for nothing, like use it, talk, talk about your stuff. Cause then you can actually, you know, even start to have conversations with parts of yourself you didn't even know existed, um, which you, you know, which you're now forgetting and which could help you self-care, but they're trying to come out. They're like pushing out all this other stuff. They're like, break free. 
I'm so cartoonish. It's hilarious. <laughs> also, I love how you dropped the plug for your, like your podcast. Like, oh, I'm gonna have something on my podcast. I wasn't even trying to do that. I was like, my oh crap, I'm on a uh, sh- call it a show. That's fine. I'll just call it a show. Sorry, y'all. I didn't mean. That was great. No, we support each other in all of our endeavors and our side hustles. Heck to the yes, yes. <laughs> I support her. I just have never been a guest, so I'm still a little salty. It's but coming! Everything- just wait! I'm just saying. All it's see- coming! I'm trying to be more professional with my podcast and actually tell a story. So I've literally had to, like, try to put everybody in the places where they would fit in the story. It's coming! And when it comes, you'll be like, ah, I didn't even know this is going to be the thing. So don't even, don't even come at me with that. I'm not even playing carry on high achieving see it's what happens when you're high achieving then people are like well where is it immediately it's not here yet <laughs> oh that's also another thing y'all like people trying to I'm, I'm, this is no shade no tea nothing but like when people see other women high achieving high functioning kicking ass bomb.com i always think it's funny like how people come out of the woodwork and they're like hey hey i'm gonna try and latch i'm gonna try to latch on to you (laughs) she's like i'm gonna say nothing but but yeah i think i think it also comes with that boundary setting as well you know like you're trying to practice self-care you're trying to do the damn thing i don't have time to also like pick you up in my wingspan and pull you with me i just don't i don't have it in me so i think that that comes with that piece of that boundary setting no matter what capacity you're in personally professionally within a collective within like your workplace i think it's important to go you know what you stay there i'm gonna support you i'm gonna stay in my lane i'm gonna support you from here you're gonna support me from there if we link up cool but it's gonna be a mutually like productive thing Mm. Tell me I don't say nothing. No, Ella's <laughs> trying to pull it out of you. It's just like, come on, come on. She's baiting you with all of this in a collective, personally. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Nobody's- it's boundary setting. It's boundary setting. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a reporter and I'm asking you the question. You're saying no comment. I just respect that. You have not been consent. <laughs> I think it's, it's true. Not I think even that. It's getting boundaries. Like, I get it. It's not that I don't want to say anything. Also, the same thing. It's like, people just need to learn that some people just don't have the capacity and take the no and just be like, she just has no, nothing personal. Like, it's yeah. nothing personal. <laughs> that's what drives me crazy. But that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I think that's the thing though, right? It's like, we're also... I find myself that I'm, 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 I'm very much trying to do everything at once for everyone because, you know, I mustn't lie to myself and be like, I'm not here for the fame. I'm not here for the this. Like, I do want to grow a community. I do want to be noticed by people. I do want it because I also know that being noticed and having a community and having a big following or whatever the case is, is how you can galvanize attention. And I want to be able to help people to be able to, you know, obviously discover that they're amazing and that they're missing nothing. They just need to renegotiate how to self-regulate. in different places, excuse me. Um, And 
Um, where was I going with this? It's gone. I don't know where I was going with this. What were we just talking about? Oh my goodness, my throat has been annoying me for no, the past okay. like week. You were talking about uh, building that community, galvanizing, but also like. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to do everything right, and so it's like, how do we? How do we? How do I? Maybe this is just me asking people in the community. If you know, tell me, right? How do I? how do I work with the folks who I'm serving right now and also quench this idea of wanting to serve and help the larger community, the larger collectives, you know, bigger as society, right? As all of the people as well. How do I take little me? It's the same thing with like, you know, the whole global warming thing, right? How do you as an individual make that impact so that you can, you know, be part of that ripple effect? I find that in my work. How do I do that and not take on all of these projects? Because I want to do all these projects. I want to work with all these people. I want to be able to serve community in all these different ways. But it's also like, I also need to live and survive and to breathe and to like enjoy my life. So uh, I'm trying to do things that are once again, more enjoyable for me. And I think once you start to jump in joy a little bit more, especially for how it feels for yourself in your own body, that's where you can start to like, regulate because you can start to feel the things that don't bring you joy and hopefully you have opportunity power dynamic to choose to divest away from the things that don't bring you joy but I think starting with joy would be a good place I don't know I feel like it's time for a takeaway I don't know why I'm like oh well this is my takeaway uh jump into joy and divest from things that don't bring you joy Ooh. buy it now for 99 cents <laughs> I'm just kidding i have no joy for you to buy for 99 cents i'm just playing y'all <laughs> that's a good takeaway that's a good one you should get that like on a t-shirt like a tattoo like <laughs> tell everybody just to like let everybody know i i like that i'm gonna, I'm gonna apply that to my life i'll report back to you and i'll let you know how i do with that this week um my takeaway I think again, it's always that like language piece. I'm a, like a huge language nerd fanatic. And I think uh, changing my language, like Natasha had mentioned from could and should to like can and will, and also being compassionate and saying, you know, I will try and like being explicit and going, I may be at capacity and like communicating that to people who are asking for stuff and making requests and, and you know, being self-reflective and going, Yes, this may give me more clout or more platform or more uh, professional tokens, but in the now, is it gonna really be beneficial? Like, is it gonna help to ground me or is it gonna pull me and throw me into a tailspin? So I think that explicit language of, of um, how to like goal, goal and vision and, and do that for myself is important. Mm -hmm. I like that too. Mm -hmm. Natasha, what's your takeaway? I don't know. I was like literally <laughs> looking at I was like, I don't know how your takeaway is. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Um, let's see. I think <laughs> having, yeah, like boundaries and saying no to myself is my takeaway. I think I've done really well with my people boundaries, but I haven't done well with my own. So that's something I need to 
learn to practice more and decide, okay, no, you don't need to do this or no, you don't have to look at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to, while you were thinking about that, I was going to tell a little story about like mini little itty bitty L or Michelle when she was younger in the groomings for this high functioning, high performing black girl. When I was in grade three, I was chosen by the vice principal. I was like the vice principal's pet. And I went with her to like a little conference for like principals and everything. That that's my grooming as to like the high functioning person that I am today. Wow. You went to a principal's conference? Yeah. So they all picked one child from their school and out of the whole school, she picked me. Why? Why would you want to bring children to a conference? Well, it's like you all the principals picked one kid. And like all the kids had like their own thing and all the, you know, anyway. Oh, I, I guess just, it's like an experience. I guess for the experience, but it's quite unnecessary. Oh, I mean, honestly, it is completely unnecessary. You could have that experience at school. They could have just paid, took that money to pay for the conference, to pay for the something that the kids could do in the school. That way you involve all the kids and you're still focusing on the kids. Who cares about your principal conference? Sometimes, you know, institutions, they like to just spend money. Then they're like, oh, we don't have any money. We can't pay for lunches. And then here, taking children to principal conferences for no reason. Stupid. I'm sorry, y'all. I had a really good time, but okay. I know I was like, I just I'm glad it. you had a good time, but like, then you're saying, oh, this is my grooming to being high functioning. It's like, yeah, but was it a good time? No, yeah. because now you have four yeah. screens and you have four projects that you're working on every damn day. You still at the principal's conference. Oh man, I never left. I never exactly. Left. This is the thing. This is the conditioning. This is how pervasive it is as well. I could sit here and talk about this all day, but <laughs> I think I think that's the episode thank you all for sharing and um divulging your experiences uh thank you everyone for listening to this episode Uh, make sure that you uh listen on Spotify watch it on YouTube check out our Black Women Connect Vancouver Instagram page yes I'm going to pass it off to Natasia I want oh <laughs> is that your remix or rewinding? I'm 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 just saying everybody should check it out on on platforms. I'm I'm gonna say that, but there we go. That's... <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that we have an Instagram page for our podcast, so okay. follow our Instagram. Like sharing it or not? So yes, we have a a now newly established Instagram page. For Girl You Know It, the podcast, check it out. It's fantastic. There's so many posts. There's there's so many good, good little nuggets. And we're excited to connect with you and engage with you on our separate Girl You Know It Instagram account. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's always amazing to get an opportunity to chat with these lovely ladies. So if you're looking to follow us off of the podcast and you're looking to catch up with some of the content that we have, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, all at Black Women Connect Vancouver. We also have a website for you at blackwomenconnectvancouver.com 
which is where you can sign up for our mailing list and our newsletter so you can keep updated with our growth and all of the other events that we have planned for you. Catch you later. Bye.